All right, starting a new series tonight. Let us. Let us have no more feedback. In Jesus' name. All right. Um, I want to encourage you. I thought that was such a good um, picture that just, uh, Pastor Justin painted for us about the presence of the Lord and just moving toward Him and turning your face to Him. My wife is so good with that when my kids walk in just to drop everything that she's doing and to turn her face toward my children and, and connect with them. And, uh, you know, we are definitely a worshiping church, and we do our church, Church on the Hill, being spirit-filled, we do, we do under, I believe we do understand the presence of the Lord and we acknowledge it. But, you know, so many times we take it for granted that people come in and visit with us and it's a, it's a foreign thing to them. And uh, we don't want it to be. And that was such a great picture. Um, a great example or a great action to take is just to turn your, turn your attention to the Lord and He'll do the rest. You, you don't have to do a, a rain dance um, you just have to turn your face to him, turn your attention to him, turn your time to him, and he'll do the rest. He is desiring to be in your presence. He is desiring you to be in his presence. All right, this whole thing on lettuce um, is a 12, I believe it's 12 great steps to a great year, and I kind of stole that phrase from uh, Derek Prince, but this, Derek Prince, if y'all don't know who Derek Prince is, Derek Prince is kind of one of the uh, saints that went before us back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, bringing the charismatic movement, the spirit-filled uh, movement um, to our area, to, to the nation. I mean, he's, uh, he's not, uh, he's from um, overseas, but bringing it to America and um, really one of my great teachers I consider in my life, but the, the intent of this series, and it's probably going to take me 10 or 12 weeks, is to equip you. Part of the job of the church is to equip the body. Part of your job coming in here to the church to receive from pulpit ministry, to receive from small groups, to receive from Sunday school is to get equipped to be able to go out To be able to go out and further the kingdom of God. Thank you. To go out and further the kingdom of God. We are to go out and conquer the earth. You are to, the, the church is not a place to come in here and just have a great time and fellowship and, and, and getting filled with the Holy Spirit and it, it, us just do that in here and then we're, then we're done through the week. No, it is to equip to go out here and reach the lost. The lost aren't in the church. We've got to go out of the church with what we've gotten filled up with and go win the lost. So the, the role of the church is to equip. And what, I, what it is my desire through God's word to equip you to appropriate the fullness of God's provision and blessing. To equip you 
to, to fulfill and uh, let me rephrase this again to appropriate the fullness of God's provision provision and blessing in the in this year 2015 I want the fullness of God's blessing for this year and this is this series is a series on 12 learning to make right resolutions now we're still right here in January the first few weeks of Jan in January and it's normal for us to want to make resolutions. We want to change what we did in the previous year. But so many times we make good resolutions knowing it's only going to last a few weeks. We know. We know our history. We know what we normally do. And just kind of knowing, uh, I'll probably do this well for maybe a month if it goes very well. But we don't want to make it a month. We want to make it through the year. It's hard. I do believe it is appropriate to make or reaffirm resolutions at this time of the year. I do also want to tell you, don't wait for the first of the year to make a resolution, to make a change in your life. Do it right away. There is no better time than now. Start now. Resolutions or decisions determine attitudes. Our attitudes determine our approach to a situation, and our approach to a situation determines the outcome. Did you catch that? Resolutions or decisions determine our attitude, which determines our approach to a situation, which in turn determines the outcome. The way you approach this year will ultimately become the outcome of your life for this year. Attitude is everything. If you have not made the right resolutions, now is the time. If you have made the right resolutions, then we need, we need as a church, we need individually, I need individually to reaffirm those. Some of these things you've decided to do and you've just kind of dropped the ball. We need to pick the ball back up and get to running. That's the point of the, these 12 steps. And the book of Hebrews gives us 12 resolutions or steps, each with the starting phrase of let us. Let us. And I believe these are good resolutions for the new year, 12 steps to a good year. And I hope to show you in detail how to apply these to your life and to your situation. But before we do this, we're going to get into step one tonight. But before we do, I really want to take just a moment as I intro this uh, series um, to go into a little bit of background of this word, this phrase, let us. Because this phrase, I believe, has two important aspects. First of all, let us is a resolution, right? Let us do something. Let us go somewhere. Let us make some change. Let us is a resolution but secondly and you're going to see throughout Hebrews it is plural it's plural let us not let me or let I or I should or you should it is let us it shows us that not merely do we, are we to make not just make certain resolutions but we are to make them together 
And I believe that is what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to His church today. To do this together. Um, We have uh, a concerned persons group going on back here on Tuesday nights along with Teen Challenge. And rarely do you see support groups of one person. Alcoholics cannot overcome alcoholism alone. You cannot overcome the challenges that you have alone. It is not the way the Lord has given you the ability to overcome it. He's given you the ability to overcome it by His Spirit. All of a sudden, you're you're not alone. By His Word, but also by one another. That's why these support groups are so powerful. Because with one can put 10,000 to flight, two, one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000. And the math does not get reduced because an addict showed up. Now let that sink in just for a minute. An addict, the Lord can move powerfully through. And the second that one shows up, your numbers, your ability has just increased. Now, there may be some saving that needs to happen. There may be some educating and some encouraging that needs to happen. But your ability for breakthrough just increased. you got to realize that is a child of God, created by God. God died for that person that just walked in that door. And your, your ability to have breakthrough has just gotten better, not worse. When you walked in this door, our ability to overcome the things that we're facing as a body just got, our our ability just got better. You may say, no, you don't know me. No, I don't. I I might not. You may be a visitor tonight, but God does. And God made you with a plan and with a purpose. That's good. All right, so. I believe the Holy Spirit is moving, trying to tell us we do this together. We're not independent. We're not autonomous units. But in the very real sense, we are dependent upon each other. So, if we're going to make it through to the fulfillment of God's purposes, we have to do it together. I'm going to show you a couple verses from Ephesians chapter 4 that will make this point about this being plural, this led us. The Apostle Paul says that Christ has set his church ministries for various purposes. Edifying the body, the equipping of the saints, and so on. And then he shows us in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13. He says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Until who? We. We all. Until we all, in the same uh, connection with reference to to Christ, Paul says, From him, Christ, the whole body joined joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The emphasis on both scriptures is the group rather than the individual. Speaking about unity and the full knowledge of the Son of God and maturity. Paul uses the words, we all. 
until we all reach unity. The knowledge of the Son of God. Until we all become mature. Until we all attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The implication is clear. We are not to do it on our own. We are dependent upon our fellow believers. And so the, the resolution is not individualistic. Self, it's not a self-centered resolution as to what I am going to do this year. But it is a resolution that includes our fellow believers. The person to your right and to your left. The let us. It requires us all. little bit of background about the Hebrew believers. They had it a little bit different. Their background was a little bit different from all other New Testament believers. Number one, they were free from idolatry and, and false cults by inheritance through the law of Moses. But also, they had a knowledge of the Old Testament scriptures. They had the law. They had the Psalms and Proverbs and the prophets and the historical books. But also, they were familiar with the temple, the sacrifices, and its worship that addressed the very nature of the true God. But they had not benefited from these privileges. They had all this knowledge. They knew they, they knew things that others didn't, but they were not walking in the full measure of God's blessing. In fact, they had gotten lulled into a false sense of security uh, in, the, in, their, in their living. And as a result... Hebrews is full of warnings against the danger of falling away by drifting, unbelief, negligence, laziness, more so than any other book in the New Testament. And I also believe that that's where the church is today. We have enjoyed so many um, special privileges and benefits. We are so we have, and especially the American church, has so many luxuries and um, in, in our short 200, 200 and some odd years have just had so many miracles and breakthroughs and so much sign of God's, God's power and presence being here that we have, uh, I believe you, can, you could say that the church has gotten a little bit lazy. So that's where we are tonight, is I want, to, I want to just offer up these let us resolutions. And I believe that they are the remedy to that special condition that the church and Christians str struggle with today. So I want to start with the first one and hopefully uh, kind of make this clear. You, you'll be able to see where we're going. Step one, and it's a weird one. Let us fear. Huh? Let us fear. That doesn't sound right. If we did not understand the background of these Hebrews, this one could really confuse us. But in the light of this background, I want to show you that it is absolutely necessary. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. And I would encourage you, bring your Bibles. This is, this is kind of highlighting type stuff. Um, whenever the Lord says... If you ever read that the Lord says, I like this, the Lord says, I like this, you ought to circle that and try to focus on what God likes and do that. Amen. If he says, I hate this, 
you should circle that and write it on the refrigerator and make sure, okay, of all the things that we do today, let's make sure we don't do that. Okay, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fool. I'm not an idiot. The Lord's made clear what he hates. The Lord's made clear what he loves. Okay, do what he loves. Don't do what he hates. Are you a follower of Christ? Christ did what God loves, and he avoided what God hates. If we're following Christ, that's our goal. Okay, so, therefore, let us fear less, let us fear, lest while a promise remains of entering God's rest, any of you should seem to have come short of it. Now, if you read, if you, you got to be careful how you read this, because you might think, let us fear lest. I would almost feel like I had to, I really have to put on my, my, my word brain to say, okay, lest means, what does lest mean? I, I, it just means let us fear so that, or to make sure, while the promise remains of entering God's rest, let us fear, or we may come short of it. We may come short of God's rest. Let us fear. What, what is he saying? Did I just confuse you even more? Let us fear, lest while a promise remains of entering God's rest, there is a promise of entering God's rest. Let us fear, knowing that there is a promise of entering God's rest, that any of you should seem to have come short of it. Okay. Because of the Hebrews' presumption, their false security, and their laziness, they had not taken advantage of all the privileges and blessings that they had enjoyed in a, at a special degree. The first one here says, let us fear. And the writer of Hebrews gave them this example of why they should fear based on of why they should fear based on the experience of the Israelites in their journey through the wilderness in Egypt to the promised land. And I'm going to show you, it quotes this, uh, I'm going to show you a quote from Psalm, from uh, one of the Psalms when God said to Israel, he's going to basically say this same thing. Hebrews chapter 3, if you go back a chapter, Hebrews chapter 3, hang on, I'm going to pull all this together. Read this with me, Hebrews 3, 7. So as the Holy Spirit says... Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion during the time of, the, of testing in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me for 40 years, saw what I did. Verse 10. This is why I was angry with that generation and said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Verse 12. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end of the confidence we had at first. What is he saying? What did this generation, what did this, where did I go? What, how did this generation fail? The essence of this warning, if you look at it back from the beginning, if we go back to verse 7, I'm just going to flip around. You guys just, can you put me back on verse 7, Mikey? Thank you. Uh, did I mess that up? 
Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Do not harden your hearts. This generation failed because they did not hear God's voice. They were content to take the word indirectly from Moses. Do you remember Moses came down and was glowing and they were half scared half to death and were like, you know what, Moses, you just go talk to him and come tell us what they have to say. They were content to receive it that way. What they had done is they had kind of set up a religion. The tabernacle, the Ten Commandments, the priesthood, the sacrifices, the ceremonial laws, but in all that, they missed it. And what they missed was the voice of God. We can do all the stuff, but if we remove hearing God's voice, we miss it completely. And this this topic, this thread goes throughout the New Testament. John chapter 10, uh, Mikey, can you catch me back up and then I'll take it back. It should be the next scripture. There we go. John chapter 10. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I want to argue with you just for a moment. I believe this may be the verse for a Christian. The Christian verse from Jesus that says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So, can anyone see the importance of hearing his voice? I think this is one of the simplest descriptions of a true Christian found anywhere in the New Testament. When Jesus says, my sheep, he is speaking about those who truly believe. Now, this Sunday, we're going to be talking about this word, believe. But I know, I think that all of us here tonight would say, yes, I believe in Christ. But belief... You're going to see in Scripture, a lot of times, it will relate the word belief to your heart. Believe in your heart. Have you ever said that to somebody? Do you really believe that in your heart? What that means is, if you really believe something in your heart, it's going to show in your actions. It's going to show in your life. You can't keep that from showing up. So, if you truly believe in Christ and are following Him... It will show up in your life. If it's not showing up in your life, then, then we've missed it somewhere. And that's where the Hebrews are here. You know, we've got, we've got the stuff. We know how to do church, and we know how to do it well. I'm not saying church on the hill. I'm not saying necessarily this is us, but I also want to say there's probably a good, por- a, a, a good truth to this, that this is us. I don't mean, I just mean as a body. We, we have a long way to go as Christians. I do. Let me just say I do. I have a long way to go. But my belief will show up in my life. Uh, something that you will see with me. And this is a new thing for me, and I talk about it all the time, and I'm not going to take much time, but it's me exercising. I'm almost obsessed with it now, but I've, I've bought in. 
I, I believe in it. I believe in the benefits of it. I believe in it that I can eat if I do it. But I believe it, and it shows. You will see the fruit. You will see me out running. Many of you see me, and you don't honk. Honk. I love it when people honk. Don't throw something at me, but honk. I ran last night back behind Stephen Street Baptist Church, and I literally thought I was going to die from a dog attack. I have, I have not been that scared, and I don't know how long. I felt like a little, I don't want to say what I felt like. You know, if you st stay around me long enough, you're going to know what I believe in because it'll show. If I stay around you long enough, I will know what you believe in. You, don't, you can tell me all you want. Let me just walk around with you for a few minutes. Let me see you get put in a challenging situation. I'll know what you believe in. And I'll know what you don't believe in. And vice versa. You'll know what I believe in and you'll know what I don't believe in. I think we'd all be shocked what we believe in each other. So it's important that we fall in that realm of I am the, one of the sheep. When the, when the sounding trumpet, when the last trumpet gets blown, I want to be sure I'm in the flock. <laughs> Find me in the flock. So, important that I show the Lord that I believe in Him. Those that believe in Him, He acknowledges and accepts. And He attributes two traits to His sheep. They hear his voice, and they follow him. These are the traits of real Christians. Hear his voice and follow him. It is not possible. Now hear me. It is not possible to follow Christ if you don't hear him. You can do church all day long. But if you don't hear him, you can't follow him. You can follow church and not follow Christ. I want you to know I am not trying to bring a condemning message at all. I am trying to, to bring life. I'm trying, I don't bring life. I'm trying to bring the life of Christ in to come alive in your life. It is, it is an awesome thing if you can go from where you are to where he wants you. It is so important to learn to hear the Lord's voice. Um, I did not get to sit through this, but Justin gave a, like an eight-week, you started with four weeks but wound up going longer just for on hearing God's voice. And I'm really kind of hoping um, in the near future that he'll bring that message on Wednesday night, um, hearing God's voice. But hearing God's voice means an, an intimate, personal relationship. We so make that a canned phrase, a personal relationship with Christ. But we never step into hearing his voice. 
so that he can speak to you directly and personally, whether it's through the Bible or through some other way. It doesn't say, now Now this is really going to go against what I preach all the time, but I'll bring it back around. It doesn't say my sheep read the Bible. It says my sheep hear my voice. I can tell you that you can read the Bible and not hear his voice. It's hard, that would take some talent. Because I believe with the right heart going after it, even if you're kind of missing it, that the grace of God will kick in and he will speak to you. But I can also tell you that I can get in such a rhythm that I can zip through my Bible and not have heard a single thing. Now that's where it becomes legalistic and we just start going through the motions. I can go through the motions even in reading my Bible. And I have to stop and say, wait a minute, my brain has checked out brain you check in because I need this worse than what you're wanting to think about this is what I need and brain pay attention my brain's like you've had too much coffee okay Lord you're greater than coffee and caffeine hone me in here bring me in you know what he'll, you know what he'll do he will it, the Word of God says the Holy Spirit's a teacher. You get the, you get the teacher kicked into gear, and let me tell you, you will, th those words will come to life. So it's important that you hear God's voice. That's how Jesus uh, says you're one of His. Important. Jesus Ultimately, I want you to know I'm one of yours. So, okay, he says, okay, I told you how. Hear my voice and follow me. Not that hard. Hear my voice and follow me. If you will make this your first step of the new year, you are going to be blown away. You are going to be blown away. 2015 is going to be an explosive, powerful God year. Have you ever had a God year? They're good. They're good. And I want, I want you to know you follow him and you will have a God year. I want to close each night. This is completely, I don't know, I'm not going to preface it with anything I want I'm going to be giving each night we're going to every night we do a step I'm going to give one of the steps of AA of Alcoholics Anonymous just for your education okay but I believe you're going to see through all 12 steps you're going to see the Lord in every one of them and that's kind of my goal so step number one this is directly out of out of the AA website we admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. Now, I believe that when the sinner really comes to Christ, it is believing they can't do it any longer. And when you can admit that you can't do it any, any longer, you are, that is the first step to recovering. And I love the wording. It's we. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, over sin, over managing our life, that our lives had become unmanageable. You know what it's saying? I need help. And I can tell you, 
I need help. And praise God, I was never called to do it alone. Yeah, okay, y'all stand up with me. Let me pray over you. Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that your word says, let us fear that we don't fall away. Let us pay attention that we don't fall away. Let's be looking to see, are we close to you or are we not? Let us take account of our heart and our belief, and are we literally hearing your voice and following you? Church, can you make that commitment tonight as, just as we pray? Lord, I'm committing to hear your voice and to follow you. I want you to know that is the reason that we're here. Father God, that is the reason we are here, is to hear your voice and to follow you. Help us, Lord. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. God has your next step. Hear his voice and follow him. Thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name, Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great night. We'll see you Sunday morning. Hey, uh, Sunday night we have a work.